Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Six women found dead in the Portland, Oregon area. Now investigators are working to see if the deaths are connected. We talked to a veteran prosecutor about whether or not a serial killer could be on the loose. I've covered a lot of crime stories over the years, many of them here at Law & Crime. It always gets me thinking about how important it is for all of us to stay safe. This is Palm Pepper Spray, and it can help you do just that. Palm Pepper Spray is a small but mighty self-defense tool. It sprays up to 12 feet using the strongest legal form of pepper spray available. It's safe and easy. You just point and spray. And if you want to try it, you can get 10% off. Use the promo code LAWCRIME10 when you log on to palmpepperspray.com. And remember, if you or anyone else is ever in danger, always call 911. Between February and May of this year, the bodies of six women were found within a 100-mile radius of one another in the greater Portland, Oregon area. The discoveries have led to speculation on social media that the deaths could be the work of a serial killer. The first was Kristen Smith. Her body was found on February 19th. Joanna Speaks's death has been ruled a homicide. Her body was found in early April. Bridget Webster vanished in early March, and her body was found in late April. Charity Perry's body was also found in late April, and Ashley Reel's body was found in May. The remains of an unidentified Native American woman were found in late April, but the Portland Police Bureau says her death is not believed to be suspicious. The Portland Police Bureau also said over the weekend that they have no reason to believe the deaths are connected, but law enforcement agencies are working together to determine whether or not they are which they say is common practice. Some of the deaths have been labeled suspicious, but the cause of the deaths have not been revealed. Joining me to discuss how these law enforcement agencies will determine whether or not they actually have a serial killer on their hands, whether or not these deaths are connected in any way, is Mark Peepmeyer. He is a veteran prosecutor out of Hamilton County, Ohio. That's the Cincinnati area. And he's been involved in investigating and prosecuting many serial killers, including Joseph Paul Franklin, Samuel Little, and Anthony Kirkland. Mark, welcome to Sidebar. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. And actually, the first one I prosecuted was uh, Alton Coleman. Oh, okay. So it goes back quite a ways, right? Yeah, that was 1984. Wow. That's a long time ago. Did you do Donald Harvey too? No, I did not do Donald Harvey. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. First of all, you read the story about this speculation, the fear in the community that there could possibly be a serial killer. In reading yeah. the stories about this, give me your take. I would agree. It's uh, the victims appear to be the same 
type of victims and, and some of the serial killers I've prosecuted, they're going after a particular type of victim. Uh, that's what I would use. Uh, Anthony Kirkland as an example there and also Alton Coleman. Uh, they both had who they're picking. And actually, Joseph Paul Franklin, who was an avowed racist, he uh, shot Larry Flint because he had the audacity to have a white a naked girl in his magazine with a black man. The two kids he killed in Cincinnati, he shot. He came here just because he was looking for African-Americans to shoot. That was the entire reason behind. So there's a, a victimology there. Anthony Kirkland, who preyed on young girls, he liked to find younger women or girls. His gig was to rape them, strangle them, and then set their bodies on fire. Alton Coleman was just killing for the sake of killing. He just enjoyed killing. But again, he preyed on uh, young, predominantly African-American girls. And then the fourth one I tried, Samuel Little preyed on prostitutes. Sam Little was a little bit different because to him, because I went out and actually interviewed him at a prison in California, his way of getting sexual gratification was to physically strangle someone. That's how he, to him, that was sex. And he even told me, I'm just having sex with these women. Some people do intercourse. To me, sex is putting my hands around a lady's neck and strangling her. And he specifically sought out people that he thought would not be missed. So he would go to inner city areas, uh, find prostitutes, pick them up, get them in his car, and then he would do his deeds. So those are the four that I actually went to trial on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And again, looking at your case, the victimology seems similar, which someone is, in my opinion, targeting those type of women. So let's talk about that because as a prosecutor, and, and your resume is, it's very impressive, very long. You have a lot of experience in this realm. You often work hand in hand with detectives, with law enforcement officers when you look at this. So tell me, uh, you talked about victimology, obviously. Tell me what else you're going to be doing and what else you're going to be looking for or what they will be doing out in the Portland area to determine whether or not these are indeed connected, whether these are even homicides. Yeah, and I'm not sure physically how close those are, but, but one of the first things you do is figure out is the person operating in a particular area. Anthony Kirkland, for instance, was. It was close to where he was actually living, so he wouldn't actually have to, to drive to different parts of town to find these people. You also then try to see, is there a time of day or a night where these people went missing? And that's really the key. Where were they when they went missing and what time of day or night was it? So you can try to maybe almost put out a trap for the person. We've never actually gotten to the point where we had a 
a like a bait victim out there uh, because you'd be putting someone at risk to put someone, you know, in this case, a young lady like the ones in Oregon, find someone to go to maybe a desolate area and wait to be kidnapped and murdered. It's it's more times than not, it's going to end bad. But that's really what you're trying to do. Try to foresee, well, what is he looking for? And you get a guy like uh, Joseph Paul Franklin and Sam Little, they operated across the entire country. So it was kind of hard. It'd be hard in that situation. But if you have a local localized serial killer like you have in Oregon, I would think that if I would meet with the police there, that would be our thing. Who's going to be his next victim? As best you can predict who he's looking for, what time of day or night, and where. One of the detectives, or at least a, a police officer with the Portland Police Department, really kind of poured cold water on the idea that this could possibly be a serial killer. But are we possibly too early to make that statement? He wanted to kind of back off that claim or that speculation. We have victims who appear to be of similar backgrounds of victimology, as you mentioned. I think it's only logical to look at whether or not these could be connected. I, I would agree. And I think you are dealing with a serial killer. There may be a strategic reason for doing what they're doing. Sometimes you get pressure from the elected officials say, we don't want you calling this a serial killer. I can see saying because it's going to scare people from coming to our community. I mean, it may be something as innocent as that, or maybe strategically, they may think that by calling him a serial killer, it's going to lessen our chances of capturing him, or it might spur him on to do it again. So I could see a number of reasons why they may put out that message uh, for one strategic reason or another. But from what I read of what you sent me, you're clearly dealing with a serial killer out there. So you are saying, based on what you have read, on what we have sent to you, that you believe there's a serial killer on the loose out there. Yes, yes. Based on my experience, and again, I don't know how I would approach it, if I would approach it the way they're doing it or not. That's more of a psychologist thing. You know, if we call him a serial killer, how's he going to react to that? Is he going to amp up his game? Is he going to back off? What's he going to do? And again, that may be, you know, sometimes the police, I notice there's very little information put out on both of those, which is usually what the police do, because if someone comes in and says, hey, I'm the guy you're looking for, he's not just going to parrot what he read in the paper or from a broadcast somewhere. You know, they want to get the details from him. Or if a witness comes forward and says, Angelette told me she did it, and, and this is how she did it. If it's information that's never been put out there, then maybe she did give that person this information. So there's a lot of reason to be closed mouth uh, when you're in law enforcement, when you're dealing with something like this. What should the next steps be, in your opinion, by law enforcement? The public, obviously, if there is this suspicion, they need to be aware. People need to be on guard. If this was happening in Cincinnati, we'd be at the homicide squad. We'd have a, a big map on the wall of the area where these murders took place. We'd be putting down, you know, there'd be pictures up there of where the person was last seen, where they were found. You try to make a connection there and just try to put all these things together and try to find from all those, eventually people are going to notice similarities. You know, maybe it's every one of these uh, happened by McDonald's, let's just say. Every one of these women was within uh, a quarter miles of McDonald's and walking when they disappeared. Well, maybe that's something you want to focus on. But when you put them all together, 
it may just be a coincidence, but eventually you're going to find similarities between these cases, which will help you predict who you're looking for. Uh, that's the way we would approach it here. Let's say this is a serial killer. I would assume, hopefully, there would be some forensic evidence on these women, depending on the level of decomposition to their bodies, that could help maybe provide a link. I mean, we have cell phone data these days. There have been a lot of advancements. Yeah, you can do a geofencing, which is a relatively new thing, where you can track uh, movements of cell phones. And if you get a suspect cell phone, it's really helpful. The whole idea about DNA in the CODIS databank is something that, you know, when I started prosecuting, DNA wasn't even a Jules Verne fiction kind of thing yet. No one would ever even thought of something like that. But And, and now most states are in the CODIS databank, which anybody that's going to prison is going to have a DNA sample taken and put in that databank. And that's been going on for maybe a, at least a decade, I would think. So if you can recover any kind of bodily fluids from any of these victims that is not theirs, and run a CODIS a hit on something like that, then you're almost home free. That's one of the, the greatest advancements we have. But the other thing is there's cameras everywhere anymore. And I would think they're looking at where these women, again, what their path was or their normal path before they disappeared. And so there might be a, a blue Chevy pickup truck that's seen in a couple of these areas when these women disappeared. So those are the kind of things I think that the police were looking for. I would say DNA and then cameras out on the street or ring doorbells, things like that are, are two of the most recent advances that really help solve cases. Well, Mark Pietmeyer, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us and offering your time and your expertise. We appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to help. And that's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.